Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Aniba of the Burgundy and Gold Report. And today, we are over the moon, folks, because we have one of the greatest NFL players of all time on the show with us. And I was going to start this like any other show, but you know what? This is so much more epic than a regular show. It needs its own epic intro music. So here we go. We're going we're gonna to try something a little bit different here and get some special intro music here. There we go. All right, now we got the right mood for the show. Our guest is a two-time Super Bowl champion for Washington Redskins, four-time Pro Bowler, member of the Redskins Ring of Fame, as well as the infamous Posse, founder of Gary Clark Incorporated, why it's the one and only, the iconic, the legend, wait for it, Gary, Gary Clark. Welcome to the show, Gary. Hey, what's up, guys? What's oh, oh, we're doing fantastic. And I can tell you, we're absolutely beside ourselves today having you on the show, Gary. But I know for a fact that this is probably the single best day in Adam's life. So I, so I hope, Adam, your wife and kids aren't listening, Adam. <laughs> the second oh, they will be. <laughs> don't, don't hear this every day, probably, for, for, for their grandchildren's grandchildren. But, yeah, let's get it going before I go too much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Adam is going to go on and on and on. All right, we got a lot to talk about today with Gary. So, um, you know, let's just go ahead and get this thing rolling. All right, Gary, I'll just say that, as you'll notice, I am the, I'm the guy who asks all the hard-hitting questions around here, right? Adam asks all the fluff. So let me start with the toughest question of them all. While watching football, what's your favorite snack food and drink? Chips and pizza. Chips and pizza. All right, so i got to ask you this yeah. question. Yeah, so, so chips and pizza. I am all on board with pizza. I'm a Chicago guy. I like my pizza super okay. deep-dish. Are you, are you – I, I got to ask. Do you do deep dish pizza, or are you all that that, that that flat pizza? I mean, I, I just got to ask that question, and you already know I'm biased. I do both. I literally all do right. both. I like all right. I'm good. I'm good either way. Yes, sir. I have never met a pizza I didn't like. Even the frozen pizza, I can right. do it all. But Adam and I are big nachos guys, so I got to ask this question. I know it's crazy, but nachos, how do they rank on your snack food list? They got to be up there too, right? I'll tell you what, they had a commercial years ago, years ago, Taco Bell. They had a little uh-huh. dog running from with nacho cheese. Uh-huh. So I'm okay with I'm okay with chips and nachos. It's all good. Okay. All right. All right. See that's see a winner already. And if there was a way for me to be a bigger fan, I've just gotten there. I think I've just gotten there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Gary, I know you watch a lot of football, obviously and you played a lot of football. We're gonna get to all that, but when you're not watching football, what's your favorite sport to watch? Uh, whatever my kids are playing. Oh, okay. And but, what, what sports do your kids play? Literally, they play uh, a daughter's gymnast, and she also plays tennis. Very nice. My son plays football, track. He's, wow. He's all over the place. He's, he's everywhere. playing golf. Golf? So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's basically everything. He's he, he just starting to learn. <laughs> he already hits the ball better than me. Oh my goodness! I can't believe it. Now, wait, hold on a second. You're telling me that your your son's already better at you than at golf? Gary, you, you got to get oh, out yeah. there, hit the links. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody's better at me than golf. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen me play yet. <laughs> oh, no, trust me, you're better. Man, Richie, okay. Richie Sanders got me playing golf years ago when I was playing football, right? He got me to buy a stupid membership to Chantilly Country Club <laughs> years ago. I no longer have that membership, just so you know. Right. And uh, I was so bad that he would give me two strokes a hole, even on a par three, and I still couldn't beat him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's how bad That's a great. I am. All right, all right, fair enough. You've given me a run for you're giving me a run for my money. All right, I'll, I'll admit that you're giving me a run for my money there. All right, let me ask you this question, and I'll kind of caveat this question as from me because Adam knows I'm a crazy person when it comes to movies and TV. But do you have a favorite movie or TV show? And if so, what is it? Oh, this is wow. What would that be? Tough one. Maybe. Maybe the Transporter series. I like that. Oh, yeah. Jason Statham. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's bad. He's a bad boy. <laughs> I totally agree. Now i got to ask the follow-up question because you named it Jason Statham movie. Fast and the Furious. Fan or no fan? You know what? I like the one that the last one that they did. It had, They yep. didn't have Fast and Furious in the name. It was something. Oh, right. right. Hobbs and uh, the, the one with Jason one Statham did, and The like Rock. That. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that one the best. That was a lot of fun. I, love, I was just I gonna... love that theory. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. I think they're all the best because I love it when cars break the laws of physics, and that's what they do the entire movie. It's, <laughs> I love that. I love that because I suck at physics, so that way I don't have to think about it. That's fantastic. Um, and I got to ask one more, and I know that uh, Adam is like, when are you going to get to the actual interesting stuff? But <laughs> I'm psycho about this. I'm psycho about this stuff, you know, and I got to ask you, Star Wars, like or dislike? Like who doesn't like yes. anybody Star Wars? Yes, <laughs> who yes. Who doesn't like Star Wars? Come on now. Oh, yeah, right? who doesn't like? I love this. No, I can't believe it. This is oh my gosh. I'm I'm going to order a third Gary Clark jersey as soon as we get off this line here because this is, this is definitely making my day here. This is going to make my day. All right, before we turn to play, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Uh oh, oh, I got myself in trouble. I'm, I got I'm myself in trouble. I'm losing my magic. Wow. wow. Oh no, never. never. I'll make up for it. I promise. I'll make up for it. Home and away. I'll get a home and away. We'll just we'll make it. We'll make sure we make it a, a, a square four. Hey, don't forget the practice jersey either. Don't oh, you know it. You know it. Can't can't make it without the practice jersey. <laughs> you you laugh, but I'm actually putting in the order as we talk right now. So don't worry, it's going in. <laughs> Um, so before we turn to football, I, I just have to ask you about Gary Clark Incorporated because it's uh, awe-inspiring to me that you can have such amazing success and such an important For impact sure. on the sport of football and then have that same success and impact in business, helping companies and individuals enhance their brands, grow revenue, build engagement with the target audience and customer base. I mean, that's amazing stuff. Tell us, what motivated you to start Gary Clark Incorporated? You know, it was just it really came down to, first of all, somebody telling me that I couldn't do it. That kind of always motivated me to say I can't do it. <laughs> Ultimate motivation. Even, even the pups don't appreciate that conversation. Tell me I can't do something. <laughs> They'll talk about that as well. Yeah. And, um, I, like, I like the teamwork aspect of what, of what I do at Gary Clark Incorporated. I'm very, very fortunate to be a business development company. Right. You know, I bring on good people to work with me. Uh, just brought on a business development marketing person. Holly Miner, she does a good job so far. She's gonna be she's gonna be killing it in terms of bringing me in business. Wow. If she doesn't I'm gonna fire her. But I'm sure she's gonna still <laughs> do a good job. Just but, kidding. Uh, 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 
face. They know me. I'm kind of kidding. I kind of not. But I'm not worried about that. She'll do a good job. Yeah. You know, but uh, I've just been very fortunate that, you know, I'm also tied into D.C. D.C.'s been great to me. Um, mm-hmm. Football always still plays an element to my business success 100%, and I'm very fortunate that I'm able to tie that brand into what I do. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And it's, like I said, it's great to see all the amazing success that you're bringing to other companies who are looking to do better and to uh, take advantage of all the expertise that you provide. So that's ter- yeah. that's terrific. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good partnership all the way around. It's a win-win for, for my company. It's a win-win for the companies that we work with. So, yeah, it's, it's a win-win all the way around. Just like playing football, win-win all the way around. One person there wins, everyone go. wins. That's ex- that's, ex- that's exciting. Um, all right, Adam, do you want to turn to some football? I know yeah. you do. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we'll go from the Bears fan, you know, to the lifelong, you know, skin fan. <laughs> you know, I watched probably for the 1,000th time today. I watched, you know, the, the 91 Super Bowl. It, it, again, just blows my mind. But, you know, Gary, in that Super Bowl, over, uh, went over the Bills. Uh, it's viewed by most as most dominated performance of all time. Um, in that game, you led all receivers with seven receptions, 114 yards of touchdown, one of which was a 30-yard touchdown. You know, some believe that Gibbs, might have actually pumped the brakes a bit on it, you know, maybe a little mercy because he could have put, you know, probably 50 points on the board if he continued to expose that Bills defense. You know, can you describe in that moment, that fourth quarter, when Buffalo just seemed mentally, you know, utterly defeated and you knew it was over? Um, I had to guess probably probably when I scored that 30-yard TD because they had came right down mm-hmm. and they had scored, and, you know, that gave them momentum to come back into the game. And then we take it and we go right back down the field. You know, we top it off with that 30-yard touchdown to me, and I think that really kind of just took the air out of it, you know, because they had fought back to score that touchdown to kind of give them back into there, and then we went right back and counseled it, counseled it out. So, quite honestly, I think that was a kind of the turning point where they kind of like, oh, shit, we can't beat this. Thank you, Dad. They just they just not our day to day. It's a great Buffalo Bills team, though. Don't get me wrong. They were a great team, oh, no. great team, but. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. I you know, you you say a little better, I, I say I say it was a little bit of mercy, <laughs> but um you know, as far as, you know, the the iconic posse, you know, I think the generation of fans are, you know, still understanding what you really were about, you know. You know, between yourself, Art Monk, Ricky Sanders, you're viewed as the best trio to ever line up on a field together, you know. It's clear you it's clear that you guys dominated the competition and had fun while you did it. You know, Gary, can you describe with us the camaraderie among you three on the field and how it translated off the field? I think I think we're just all kind of similar selves. I think we're all three very competitive. Like at the end of the day we all three wanted to be the guy. Like, you know, everybody wants to be the guy. <laughs> Uh, and um, I think that competitiveness transposed onto the field. That's why we put up great numbers. And then we were just great friends off the field. Like me and, me and Ricky, you know, don't get me wrong, Art's the mayor, definitely the mayor of the group. You know, he's, he's a quiet, he's a quiet, he's a quiet terminator, you know what I'm saying? He, like, he, he kills you with a sound. And me and Ricky, we were similar. We were, we were roommates when Ricky um, came to town, when he first came to town from the USFL, we became roommates, and we're really, we're really close, close friends. So, uh, so it was just that kind of thing. But we're all competitive. At the end of the day, you know, we we all wanted to be the guy. Now, Ricky was probably the least, um, not necessarily. I'm trying to say not the least competitive. Uh-huh. But if we lost the game and he didn't get the ball, he didn't really have any actions in the meeting. If we lost the game and I didn't get the ball, <laughs> that was a whole that was a whole other thing. 
Joe's office for saying something I shouldn't have said during the course of the game. But I thought he was punished on, on Monday or Tuesday for something I said when we lost. A lot passion. of times I felt I should have got the ball and I didn't. You know, the same way. Art, Art always wanted the ball as well, of course. So, But I just think our competitiveness to win brought us together, and we just don't like to lose. And I yeah. think that awesome. we, all, we all feel that same way. So I think that's what kind of kept us together. And we, to this day, I talk to Ricky probably once every two two weeks, three weeks at the mm. most. Wow. Wow. And it's it's so clear that you guys were having fun out there. And that's what made it fun to watch. You know, it's not only that you guys dominated the competition, like uh, Adam said, but also, you know, when you're having fun, we're having fun. And it's so clear that that's what was going on out there. That's amazing yeah. stuff. And, it was it was it was a great group. I mean, honestly, you, even we felt sorry for defenses at the time. So <laughs> what, what you Don't feel good? sorry. You can't, you, can't, you can't double. You can't double all of us. Right. Not enough guys. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's going to be free. You know. I mean, and, and if we're in like individual coverage, you just got to hope the quarterback throws a bad pass and we drop it. We're going to be open. So, all right. Well, I mean, that's I, just kind of what it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I don't, you know, that being said, you know, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that you were at the forefront of the modern wide receiver in the NFL. As you were only one of uh, only 13 players to amass 10,000 career receiving yards in the pre salary cap NFL. Now, post salary cap, there are now 49 players with those career numbers, meaning you essentially paved the way for how football is played today. So tell us, what's your favorite wide receiver to watch? And what wide receiver in the NFL today reminds you most of you? I tell you what, I really enjoy watching Terry. I mean, Terry, yeah. Martin, he, yeah. he is. That's a different one here. He completely <laughs> reminds me of myself, quite honestly. His numbers are eerily close. I mean, it's so eerie, like, they're almost identical yeah, to what my numbers are at the same time. Like, literally, right. like, they're it's eerie. Like, I mean, he was a. A couple of catches short of what my rookie record was. He was a couple, you know, yards short of my, my rookie. I mean, he was just a couple of yards short of my rookie record. Uh, catching this couple, of, just a few catches short of that. If he wouldn't got hurt, he would. He would have passed it. He got hurt before he got because <laughs> he, he didn't get to play wow. the last game. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure he wouldn't have won the donut on the last game. You know, it happens from time to time, but not typically to him. Right. But his numbers for what was his third year, fourth year in the league. Now, yeah. was his third year in the league, fourth year, and his numbers are almost identical to mine. So, uh, I like I like what he brings to the game, and I definitely like what he brings to the Burgundy and goes. That I yeah. like a lot. No doubt, and it was, you actually kind of took one of our questions from uh, from later because we were obviously um, big fans of what he's been able to do in Washington as well, and uh, that is fantastic that you're keeping an eye on him and the similarities, eerily similar. I didn't even think about that, but now that you say okay. it, holy cow. So close. That's take a really look at interesting. His numbers. You take a look at his rookie years. His, I mean, his, his whole transaction, his years that's been in Washington, look at his numbers because, honestly, I mean, his numbers are better than everybody else. I mean, I, we're, we're pretty much identical, but I know, like, where he's at now, even where Art was at in his first four years, it's not where Terry was at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Just not. Yeah. Saying so. I mean, he's even – if he stays at Washington the whole time, well, guess what? He's going to bypass all of us. His, his numbers <laughs> – I mean, he's already got a better start than Art had, right? You know, yeah. We all know Art came on and he's around his fourth or fifth year. Art had that 106-yard season, which was un, – that was un, 
unheard of back then. Nowadays, people catch 100 balls, just, you know, kind of like a regular thing. But back then, that was unheard of. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Unheard of. Yeah. Like 75, 80 catches now. And we're back when I played with 50 catches. 50 catches was a big deal. If you got 50 catches, you're doing something. Right. Yeah, right. 80 catches are doing something. So, yeah. Yeah. The NFL is definitely changing. And like we said, I think you've really done – you've really paved the way for a modern NFL receiver today. And I guess uh, Terry McLaurin is a good example of that. He was actually uh, determined by NFL.com's analytics expert to be the most underappreciated player in the NFL because of his impact. But it's just like – it's like, you know, not – a big <laughs> splash. It's just, he's just doing it. He's just out there working exactly. and getting it done. You know, and that's that's, that's great. With four different quarterbacks. That's what you got to remember. Exactly. Four different that's quarterbacks. Four different quarterbacks. I mean, and that's what I mean. Like the whole story is very clear. I had Joe T. Then I had Jay. Then I had mm-hmm. Doug. Then I had Rip. It's a very yep. similar story. Yep. Oh yeah, very. You know? and, and a lot of it has to do. I mean, it's eerie. It's eerie, scary how everything is virtually the same. He's, you know, I'm sure he'll get some Super Bowls here soon. Yes, you're writing the story for me, Gary. I appreciate it. He'll get some pro goals, too. (laughs) Yep. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about that. All right. So so everyone knows about your amazing NFL career, but I do want to back up and ask you about your inspirational rise to greatness. Because after coming out of James Madison, you went to the USFL, which you mentioned a little earlier, being drafted sixth overall by the Jacksonville Bulls, and you dominated, leading the Bulls in both receptions and receiving yards prior to being selected by the Redskins in the 1984 supplementary draft. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, there really isn't a USFL-type league today, and we've seen a few come and go in the last couple of years, including the AAF and the XFL. Now, with that said, Gary, seeing as how you benefited from the USFL, do you think it's important to have another professional football league in the U.S., and why or why not? I think, yeah, I mean, in my era of football, the USFL was the best thing that ever happened to an NFL player. It mm-hmm. completely changed their salaries. It completely changed the game because what happened was the USFL was taking all the top college players out of college. They were coming mm-hmm. up going to the USFL. Steve Young, Herschel Walker, um, Reggie White, um, the list goes, the list, Steve Young. The list goes on and on and on about the people that played in that league and then came over to the NFL. Because if you look mm-hmm. at it, when that, league, when that league voted, all the people that came over from the USFL, those are the guys that were going to Pro Bowls. Yeah. Those are the guys that were standing out because they were getting a lot of the best college players, and they also were getting great NFL players who had came over and played. They had been playing in the NFL, and then they came over and played in that league as well. I mean, Doug Williams played in that league. You right. know what I'm saying? And then he came back to the NFL when the league – when the league um, folded. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it really, and right now the USFL supposedly is supposed to be making a comeback. Really? You know, wow. So be, yeah, that's, that's, I had somebody hit me up the other day on my IG, and they was like, you know, they was kind of making a joke about it, but they sent the old, my y'all USFL picture, and they were saying, hey, this is coming back. So I, I hope wow. it comes oh, I back. Love I, think it. it's I would love to see that. I love that. It's entertaining. You know, I think it's um, – the USFL was probably the closest thing we had to true professional sport that, for example, I'm not saying that a, a USFL team would have beat the Super Bowl winner of the NFL those years mm-hmm. that we were there, but they would have beat some NFL teams 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yep. They, I mean, it was just that mentality. You had all NFL coaching. You had all those, all those things that allowed us to become great players. That's, I mean, I mean, the reason I went to Jacksonville instead of, instead of Washington is because 
I was the sixth pick in the draft, and, you know, Washington had me as a supplemental draft, you know, and they also had me coming in as, as a return specialist more so than a mm-hmm. receiver. And, of course, I want to be a receiver, not so much a return specialist. I, can, I kind of wanted to do both. I got to kind of do both in the USFL. Right. But I, did, I wanted to be a receiver primarily, not not a return guy, because unless you like Brian Mitchell, that's a very short career. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and I know Brian Mitchell, so that was a very short career for me. Yeah, I think it's an amazing opportunity. And to have that type of competition in another professional football league, I think it's a win for the fans. It's also a win for the players. It gives them more opportunities to get better opportunities with teams across the board. So I, I'm with you 100% there. I sure hope they bring the USFL back because I think your case in point, Gary, that um, some of the best players in the NFL, you know, you don't have to go that straight path to the NFL. You can go through another competitive football league and, and be the guy when you get into the NFL. So that's fantastic. Well, 100%. 100% agree with that. I mean, because, you know, once you transfer from college to pro sports, it's just a different animal, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you can be a really, really good college player, like a great college player, and be okay as an NFL player because everybody's talented at the NFL level. Right. Everybody was, at some point in time, the best player on their team or yep. someone of the best player on their team or the top player in their in their, in their their conference. And, um but the mentality and the speed is different. So right. if you can't think on your feet right away, forget about it. You, you, I don't care how good you were in college. It's not going to be the same thing in the NFL. We see that a yep. lot of times with the Heisman who come into the NFL. You know, they come right. in, but they're not what, you're not what you thought they would be, so to speak. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, we do that more often than not. It is almost, it's almost a curse. Yeah, the majority of the time. I mean, you think of the last time there was a true Heisman player that really – stood out in the NFL. Yeah. He almost got no, no. to go back to like a Marcus Allen or somebody that far back. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's actually, it's actually a far way back. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's just change. That's right. That's right. And as you said, it's a different sport. You know, the best, the best player in college isn't the best player in, uh, in the NFL. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of examples of that. Johnny Manziel recently. I mean, you can just, well, wow. So anyway, so there's tons, tons out there. Anyway, let me let me uh, ask you one more follow-up question on other professional football leagues because we're at, talking about it. Do you follow the Canadian Football League at all? And if so, do you have anything that anyone you follow there or any team you follow there? You know, unfortunately, I really never never really followed it. You know, I respect that league. I respect that it allows players to come into it and come. I know some good players that came from that league and came over to our league and played well. You know, um, actually, um, our quarterback Joe T. A good quarterback, you know, he came out of that league, came over here and played well. So, hey, yep. I, I got to take my, I just don't follow it just because it's Canada, you know. I just, right. unfortunately, I, just, I didn't know, I didn't know that much about it. And it's never just, I respect it 100%. Those guys are professional players. I'm sure a lot right. of those guys would come over here and kick some uh, NFL guys, but 100%. <laughs> they play hard. Yeah, I'm, for sure, sure. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they could. <laughs> well, well, we have what former kick returner for Washington Bank. You know, the little guy. I think he was a uh, five six one sixty two soaking wet. I last I heard, he was still killing it over there. So, you know, kudos to him. Um, but Gary, let me ask you. Um, in eleven seasons, you only missed nine games. That's amazing. We just don't see that with the often uh, this with NFL wide receivers. Uh, what do you credit your ability to be so durable and productive over such a, a long? I think I had I had a high pain threshold for the most part, and also fear. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I mean, literally, like when 
the best thing Joe Gibbs did is when he brought in players, the people that were like, quote, unquote, your backups, in a lot of cases they could be just as good or better than the starter. That's when you got it. That's why it's never an excuse where somebody got hurt. Well, if you if you did your selections right, this person that comes in is just as good or better. Perfect example, right. at one point in time, Ricky Sanders was my backup and Art Monk's backup. Mm-hmm. And the fear of me is like, I was like, man, Art, I looked and Ricky came in, I was like, he may be more talented than both of us. And I really looked at him that way. So I was wow. like, he ain't taking my job. So I was like, no, you gotta, you gotta, I'm going to take that painkiller for this game. I'm going to go ahead and let that hamstring bleed out, and I'm going to do the same thing the following week because I'm not going to let wow. me, I'm not going to let him take my job. Yeah. People wow. forget that in our 87 Super Bowl season, right, that Art Monk got hurt during the season. Ricky stepped in and became the starter because Art was hurt. But they don't realize it's Art got back and was ready to play, and Joe started Ricky. Joe started mm-hmm. Ricky into the into the playoffs and also into the Super Bowl. Art played mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. He didn't start. Ricky started. Wow. And then wow. Ricky crushed the Super Bowl record that day, too. He, he obliterated it <laughs> in a half. Right. He did it in a half. Yeah. You know, wow. That's a, that's, if you want to talk about Joe taking his foot off the pedal, that's the game he took the foot off the pedal. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, like, I'm watching it today. Uh, and it's like that the score game? is the oh, most. He took the foot off the pedal. Well, I mean, we could have scored like 100 points that yeah. game. It's the most deceiving really score. Could. You look at the final. You look at the final box score, and you're like, "How? How was it even that close?" Because you watched the game, and it was just pure dominance. <laughs> you know, I think, oh, man. I think you know. Got you, me that second quarter. He, we scored all those points in the second quarter, and Joe. Joe literally took the. He pulled the. He pulled the gas pedal. Because Joe, this is one of the best things about him. He's that type of coach. He's never going to embarrass another team. He's just not. He's not built that way. And because he feels you have to play them again, and he never wanted to give them something they could put up on the wall. So gap inspiration to come back and play you hard, you know. So he was just that type of coach that he was never, ever going to run up the score on anybody, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And that day we could have because we just happened to be on that day. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, Ricky had something like 100 and – no, he broke the record with 180-some yards, but I think he probably had 140 of them in the first first half. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, I like that. <laughs> That's, you know, you're talking about the guys that they fought together. Wow, wow. You know, I think you might have already answered it. Is you know, who's the guy that you've been most impressed with that you've seen already? Uh so that's thing that came after I start. Uh, you know what? That would probably be Santana Moss. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Those two guys. Those two guys. Santana. Santana was a beast. Oh my God! The, beast, the cowboy man. killer. Yep. Oh, yes, he was. Back to back, right? <laughs> Same post route. I'm taking you deep, and I'm telling you I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I love Tanner. Santana, he's he's a beast, man. I, I would have liked to play with Santana. He, he's the type of guy that would have fit in well with the posse. He definitely would have fit in well with us. No doubt about it. You know, there, there's – there's no doubt that, like, we keep talking about Big Gibbs and the greatness, and I think that even the modern-day fan is starting to appreciate, you know, what his formula was. And, you know, a lot of people are seeing with the three, three Super Bowl teams, like we said, three different quarterbacks, you know, uh, you know, building through the trenches. Ron Rivera seems to be taking a similar path, you know, with the same blueprint. Do you think, you know, do you envision him having, you know, any challenges, any kind of similarities? Because from what we've all heard, 
there's been a lot of dialogue between Gibbs and Rivera, especially, you know, before the hot Yeah, well, that's, I mean, those, those are hard shoes to come in and try to fill ever, like ever, because it's Joe. Like, you know, Joe, I mean, Washington football team fans are always going to see Joe as the best coach ever for Washington. Um, but I think Ron can do it. I just think he has to make sure that his players have the same respect for him that, the, that Joe had. Like, we would run through a brick wall for Joe, you know. And mm-hmm. and also, he had the players that had the leadership on the team. Like, Joe didn't have to call us in to, to play better. We would take that upon ourselves. We call our own team meetings. We hold our own team meetings. We hold each other accountable. So I think if Ron can get his players to make sure they hold each other accountable, and at the end of the day, they play to win because losing is no longer an option, that type of mentality – I think that they, I think Ron could go a long way. I really do. But he has to make sure that he gets that out of his players because the players win football games. So I hate to say it. The mm-hmm. coaching's all great, but the players actually win it for you. So, mm-hmm. but they have to take what you taught them on the on the chalkboard and then take it out on the field and put it into action, and then be able to make quick decisions because you know, everybody, you know, they prepare for your game too. You know? Nice. Right. They, they watch video. They watch video on you as well. So. Right, right, no doubt, absolutely. Yeah, they know what you're doing, so you, and you know what they're doing. So the key is, how can you adjust to what they're doing better than them adjusting to what you do? Right. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and now that we're talking about uh, Ron Rivera and the Washington football team today, and you know, have, have there's no doubt about it. I'm actually a, a huge Ron Rivera fan because I'm also, as, as Adam said, a Chicago Bears fan. I was in Chicago during the 85 Bears, and obviously Ron Rivera, uh, a big part of that. So obviously a big fan of Ron Rivera. But what are your concerns? What are your biggest concerns about the Washington football team in 2021 going into this next season? Um, my biggest thing is them bonding. Like you got to bond mm. seriously as a team. If you bond as a team, you know, it sets the stage for everything. If I can count on my buddy, that I know he's going to give me that 100% plus 20 more if he has it, I'll go to war with you every day. Uh-huh. Every day, twice on Sunday. You know, so <laughs> I think yep. um, that's, that's, that's what I need. The bonding aspect of it is the most important thing. And I think um, hopefully with all this craziness that we went through with COVID and everything, that, you know, hopefully right. the guys are still finding a way to come together and bond and build those relationships where you'll do anything for your teammate. That's the yep. most important thing, doing anything for your teammate, having those guys play honestly, like you said, that play through the pain, play through, you know, not necessarily yep. injury, because if you have an injury, you're injured. There's nothing you can do about that. But play through right. the pain of something that's not quite an injury, but something that typically could make you, make you not want to play. Right. Right. Just get over adversity as a group, as a team. Just overcome adversity. Yeah. I think you can really yeah. tell – that not only the physical skill but the strength of character really grows when your team supports you and when you really are have each other's back. And you can tell that right. in old school football that that is in danger, uh, particularly with not having the ability to meet in person um, early on in OTAs and so on and so forth. So yeah, that is a, that's good. That's an excellent point there. And, and you, let me ask you. You can tell a lot. You can tell a lot about those teams. Perfect yep. example. If I go out, we play. Say we lose. And I see you right. out that next week. Yep. That's a problem. 
Mm-hmm. We won all day long. Go out, celebrate, do your thing. Right? We won. <laughs> that's right. You, right. you take it's victorious. You enjoy the victories 100% because that's what makes it worthwhile. But if you yep. lose, you need to figure out why you lost and think about that. Yep. Keep your yep. ass in. You don't need yep. to be at the club. Right. You need to be figuring right. out, okay, let's get back on a winning track. And I think once they get to the – that's how we were. If we saw right. somebody out, you believe they were going to get checked. Yep. They were going yep. to get checked by the player. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nothing to do with the coach. That's all. Awesome. Be checked by the player. Like yeah. why are you out? And you that's know? that's and that's playing. why you. Yep. And that's why you won Super Bowls, right? Because then you can go to the clubs and you're okay because you won it all. <laughs> so you're all set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should. You should enjoy your wins. Winning, winning is everything. You should celebrate when you win. Celebrate yeah. when you win. You know. But when you lose, what's this to celebrate? I don't get it. Yeah. Nope. That, we, you know, you, you need to issue some type of punishment on yourself. Yep. So, so let me so ask you this question. Yeah. No. And and actually, kind of kind of feeding into that as well is the fact that we got all these rookies coming on. You know, obviously the Washington uh, Redskins have a ton of draft picks this year. So let me ask you about that. Do you have any thoughts about the uh, draft picks? Uh, from Washington in 2021, particularly Jamin Davis, who went first, and, of course, Diami Brown, the wide receiver out of North Carolina, who went in the third round, another dynamic receiving weapon there. Any thoughts about any of the draft picks for uh, Washington? You know, I'm that guy that don't, don't really follow the draft just because, mm-hmm. again, you don't know what you're going to get until you see what you get. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like that. Like, again, you can be not dynamic in college. You can be a beast in college. You can be the best right. player ever in college. And then all of a sudden you come to the NFL, all of a sudden now you're starting to see all these Division One, AA guys that nobody ever heard about. These are the Division Two guys, Division Three guys that nobody ever heard about because they don't get the TV time. Right. You know, so they look at you like, well, nope, you're not that good. But you can <laughs> you prove them wrong. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's my whole thing. So the key is somebody like, like when Terry came in, Terry came in and said, oh, I'm going to ball. Right from yep. the start, you do what you had. So I tend to wait until I see, because let's face it, the, most, the average lifespan of an NFL player is only three and a half years. So yeah. that tells you already that most of those were college guys that didn't make it yep. <laughs> after three and a yep. half years. Yeah. So those are drafted guys that didn't make it after three and a half years, you know. It all comes it's down tough. to the guy and how he performs in that atmosphere of now I'm at the top level of the sports where everybody's bringing it. It's no longer just a game. It's also your job. And you have to earn your check. You have to earn uh-huh. your check every week. Because if you don't, guess what? They can let you go without paying you. <laughs> yep, yep, no doubt. There's not a lot of guaranteed money. That there's a few guys. You know, our boy Kurt got his money guaranteed. That's one, of, but that's one of the few times that that will ever happen in professional football, where your yep. whole contract is guaranteed. It doesn't work that way typically. Yeah, it's it is so. a rare, it's a rarity. It doesn't happen. It's a, it's a shame it doesn't actually happen in football more often. And let me ask you this question about a signing uh, that Washington made off season. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. So obviously, everyone has their thoughts on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, what are your thoughts about Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback? in 2021 with Washington? It should, it should be interesting. That's for sure. Like, um, uh, I love Fitzpatrick as what he does when he comes off the bench. I love, I love what he does when he comes off the bench. I don't know if mm-hmm. I've seen him enough where he starts the game because, mm-hmm. you know, let me know when you come off the bench. There's no pressure when I come off the bench. I mean, all I can do is look good. I can't right. look good. If I play bad, I came off the bench. People expect me to play bad. So if I come off and I play good, then that's different. And I know 
off the when he comes off the bench, he's a bad boy, bad boy, and he may be a bad boy starting as well. I just don't know. I won't really know until this year. You know, when you know they're giving him the rim. You know, they're giving him the the rain. So let's see. But I mean, I think he's a obviously. You know. He's a good quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I like to see with a different type of pressure when I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah, and if, right. And if, he, if he's the type of person who embraces that, then I love him already. But some right. people don't want to be the guy. They want to be on right. the team, but they don't want to be the guy. Like, like I said, yeah. Art, Ricky, and myself, we wanted to be the guy. Like, no, I'm the guy. You give me uh-huh. the rock. <laughs> if we need it, you throw it to me. You know, so. Hopefully he's that person that wants to be the guy. Like, okay, give me the ball. I'm going to take us down the field when there's two minutes left in the game. I'm going to drive us down there. There's no problem. I'm not even worried about it because we go to score. That's my kind of guy that wants to be the guy. We're going to go down the field and we're going to score. Yeah. That's the Washington football team type of quarterback. So one that won, that was our mentality. Joe T, no problem. We're going to go down the score. (laughs) Jay Schrader, no problem. We're going to go down the score. Dougie, yes, we're going to go down and score. Mark Griffin, we're yes. going to go down and score. That was yes. their mentality. Like, what? I mean, you're not, we got too many weapons. You can't stop us. Well, it's got to make a quarterback feel good. Because any quarterback back there with the posse in front of them, they got to be like, I got too many weapons, man. I don't know. <laughs> right. You can't, you can't what decide. Do, right? take, what are you going to do? Take your poison, saying. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, what are you going to do? Okay, you double this person, we're going to go to this person. Right. The one of the right, best right. I ever had was having Kevin Bryant, who was a running back, but yeah, when KB was in the backfield, he could come out as a receiver as well. Who you gonna double? He's yeah. on weak side with me. Either you gonna double right. me, or you gonna double KB. Right. Either way, right. you shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just facts, guys. It's just the facts. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, you just gotta hope that KB drop it or I drop it. That's the only right. way. That's the only way. So let me yeah, ask you another question. Yeah, let me ask you another question. So we've been talking about Washington uh, a lot. Let me ask you about the rest of the NFL. Just one quick question here. What other teams are you interested in following in 2021? Are there any other teams other than Washington that you have your eye on for this com- upcoming season? I'll probably, I'll, probably, I'll probably watch Tampa and Kansas City, see what they're doing. Yep. yep. That's definitely why. I mean, everybody's going to watch Brady. Yeah. I mean, well, how, they got you back to you. Are you not just see if they can come back and do it again, of course? Right, and everybody right. will watch Kansas City to see if they're trying to get payback. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they play they play that game ten times. Kansas City wins nine out of ten. I absolutely agree. Absolutely yeah, agree. Lost today, but it was the wrong day. It's the wrong day. Yeah, yeah. And Patrick Mahomes had a half ankle better. He would have been. He would have been. Yeah, he no, would have won saying. that game. That's what I mean. That, that that's not having the people to fill in those positions when you get hurt. It's important yep. that your your backups are better. Or just as good as your starter. That's what yeah. your backup should be in the NFL. Better or just as good. Well, that would be. Right. I mean, yep, that's, that's exactly absolutely what we is. saw there. You, yep. you don't miss a beat. When, you don't miss a beat. We didn't miss a beat when Ricky came into the football game. We didn't miss a yeah. beat. Yeah, been no, hurt. No doubt. Came in, they would not have missed a beat. Ricky would have came in, kicked butt. Him and Art would have been killing it. Or Art got hurt. Ricky came in. We didn't miss a beat. I mean, that's the yeah. type of people you have got linemen. When linemen go down, you know, we have Joe Jacoby go down. We have another lineman come in. Ed Simmons come in. We don't miss a beat. Brian McKenzie, yeah, you know. every position. You don't miss a beat. You yeah, nothing. You, you have the guys that can play those types of positions when somebody gets hurt. Right. Right. The next man up is really where you're looking over your shoulder. <laughs> like, if you're not looking over your shoulder as a starter, 
then your team's in trouble. Right. <laughs> right. If, yeah, you, if, you know, you're not, like, if you're not looking over your back and wondering, like, okay, I've got to bring my best game every, all day long because if this other guy gets a shot, he may surpass me. That's the type of football team you have. You want, and that's the type of football team that wins games, period. Doubt yes, sir. That's what San Francisco. That's what San Francisco had all those years when we played. Mm-hmm. Right. I got yeah. Montana. Montana, go. I got Young. What? <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I think everybody. Montana's the greatest ever. But yes, right. yes. Steve Young. Oh, hello. I don't miss what. I, they didn't miss a beat, and they got a scrambler. What? Yep. Yeah. What? Nothing better. Enough for them to send Joe to Kansas City. Who sends Montana to Kansas City? Right. Yeah. You know, you know, finally, Gary, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are getting into football or playing football at the high school collegiate level. You know, they really look up to you, what you've accomplished, everything that you've done, especially for the community, especially on, you know, also on the football field. Is there one thing that you could tell them you learned in your experience in the NFL? You know, what would that be? To believe in yourself because you're going to have haters out there who are always going to try to get you to doubt your ability and to put in the work. When you believe in yourself, you still got to put in the work. Putting in the work is 24-7, then you add six hours to that. Mm-hmm. It's, that's just what it is. You got to believe in yourself first and foremost. Don't let anybody steer you off the course because a lot of people try to steer you off the course. Mm-hmm. You know, and then realize when you get to the NFL, you haven't made it until you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, getting there is not making it. Just That's just getting there. You know, being disciplined. That's what, I, that's, discipline is the key in believing in yourself. Five yeah, foot nine hundred and sixty five pounds. That's 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 what I did. Yeah. Man, that is uh that is those are great words to, to leave everybody off on and, and let everyone know, you know, there is a lot that you can accomplish and in life and Gary is the shining example of that, of the amount of accomplishment that hard work hard work and effort being zoned in on doing what you love to do can get for you, both on the football field and off the football field. It's amazing there. And, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it, but got to hit the air horn on the show because yeah, we've just ran out of time. But, Gary, thank you so much for joining us on our Humble Podcast. We are so excited to have had you on the show and the opportunity to get such terrific insight from you today. And I know that Adam is still flipping out over there. So let me just give a turn oh, yeah. over to Adam for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good luck with me, me actually getting anything done tonight, right? But <laughs> Gary, you know, as a fan since '83, you know your performance during the '91 Super Bowl and that the whole season was the height of excitement as a fan. My my friends were down in D.C. We we're seeing you know, the celebration. You know, your perseverance, the path to success was always been inspiring. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come here and shop it up with us. I wish you and your family the best. HTTR, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great night. Thanks so much. All right, thanks again to Gary Clark, and thanks for listening, everyone, and wasting time with us. And until next time, well, let's time, let's say, hail to the Redskins, shall we? Hail DC,